What is going on, everybody? The podcast, Pete4C, the show, my name. Welcome back. We got Mets Dodgers series of the weekend here on the screen next to me. Buck Showalter, Dave Roberts. Bit of a fiasco on Saturday evening with the uh, position player getting to pitch and knowing the rule there. Dave Roberts didn't know the rule, yet he tried to get a guy to do that. And David, uh, or yeah, David Cohn. And the great Keith Hernandez on SNY talking that. Um, Yeah, back to the podcast. It's been a while. Saw my friend Ben Webster get married down in Dallas. Came back with a virus, not COVID. And I didn't think it was COVID from the get-go. And I'm typically the type of guy that just waits it out. Not really one to go to the doctor, urgent care, if I absolutely do not have to. But then after a week, still wasn't feeling any better. Had congestion everywhere, sinus, nasal Yes, it was just awful, and I'm really kicking myself for not doing it earlier because it was a free urgent care visit. I got antibiotics, and I'm back at it, but that also wasn't enough. I uh, I lost a friend, Eric Scherzer, former roommate before uh, me and Ms. Taylor moved in together, tragically passing away. Uh, a lot of death this year in 2022 has not been the year. That I would have hoped. Life's good overall, but have had some people, Norm Christensen, Eric Scherzer, um, just went way too soon, and it's sad. And Eric was a big listener to this podcast. Um, used to let me know what I was doing right, wrong. Always a good critic, which we love here on the podcast. And uh, unfortunately, um, he won't be able to listen any further. And I know. That's certainly something that's not important is listening to this podcast, but I will, I will miss you deeply, um, forever, Eric. Um, and you're on my thoughts all the time. So like a lot of these stories, Antonio Brown, Alex Rodriguez, even when he was going through biogenesis, now Deshaun Watson, it's a daily thing with these allegations new news is always coming out and sometimes this is going to turn out to be fake or we may never know that it's actually fake that's the complicated thing with all of these layers is that some of this may be true some of it may be totally false we don't fucking know it's the worst part about it I don't feel any more confident in saying guilty innocent than I did when I first heard uh, uh, of this news in a Instagram post from uh, the lawyer that's representing all these women. Deshaun Watson, all I know, red flagged innocent or guilty. The guy is weird. He was trying to get laid every single time he went into a massage therapy or a massage uh, uh, session or parlor, whatever you want to call it. Every single time he was trying to get laid and, and the guy was just weird. Maybe maybe he had some consensual sex. I think in the new uh, new report, New York Times, Jenny Ventress used to cover the NFL for Sports Illustrated. One woman said that she had consensual sex with him. I wanted it. He wanted it. That's fine. There's nothing illegal about that. But then there's others that I'm watching HBO, and this woman on Bryant Gumbel, I think it, he does the HBO show, she looked pretty convinced uh, and pretty scared, pretty convincing in her position that she was sexually assaulted. And I, I mean, my, I, I was so 
torn up. I mean, I was sad just listening to this woman speak. And then Deshaun Watson, if we're just going off the eye test here and just uh, what you feel after hearing everyone speak, Deshaun Watson at his press conference with the Browns, he sounded like a guy that's uh, a little fearful, a little scared, a little nervous, which... You know, if you're having these allegations against you and you're innocent, I'm probably going to be nervous too, whether we're talking about sexual assault or anything. If you got something this enormous and you're innocent, guilty, whatever, I'm, I'm going to be nervous either which way. So that doesn't always tell the full story. But the more that comes out, the worse it looks for the Cleveland Browns. They gave them $240 guaranteed million. Insanity. Insanity. Andrew Barry stood up there with a straight face and talked about how comfortable they were with this situation. Even Kevin Stefanski, whom I'm kind of getting the idea that, you know, he would love to have him as a quarterback, but he wasn't exactly signing off. You know, he he went with the flow and obviously wants to win games. He kind of just signed off on this, like, yeah, I'm getting a top 10 quarterback. But I'm getting the sense that maybe he wasn't on board with this as much as Andrew Barry and the owners uh, of the Haslam family. Which, remember, the Haslam family, also shady. Like, when you have that much wealth, again, white collar, I think they do, they do like trucking companies, you're you're going to do some shady shit to get on top. I think we all understand that when you're at that level. You do some fucked up things. But, most of the time, it's fucked up things to other people of that level, of that wealth. So, it's like, Eh, can you really feel sorry for those people? Like, they're going to remain rich. Yeah, maybe they took a hit, but it's not a big deal. The Haslam family, they fucked over the common man. Yeah, blue-collar workers. Guys that were driving those trucks who, you know, make 40 grand, 50 grand a year. They screwed those guys over. There's there's an in-depth piece from, like, five, six years ago. I remember reading it. I can't even recall exactly what they did, but it was damning evidence. And it just goes to show that the Haslam Family, clown show. They screw people over. They don't give a shit. They're the exact type of people that would pick up someone like Deshaun Watson. If you want to watch live baseball that is of the highest level, New York City is the place to be. Hometown Cardinals doing well, but the New York Mets, New York Yankees, two best teams in in each league right now. I'm watching, again, Mets. And Dodgers right now, class of the National League. But the starting pitching on both, Taiwan Walker, Chris Bassett, um, um, Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer, they're both on the shelf right now, but they'll be better. Um, And then you even got uh, Cookie Carrasco with the Mets. His name was escaping me. But they've all pitched well. And then the Yankees, they don't have anybody injured. They're they're the healthiest starting rotation in baseball. Garrett Cole – uh, Jameson Tyon has turned the clock back to like his Pirates days. Luis Severino looks like the guy from uh, you know 2016, 2017, back in his heyday. And then Nestor Cortez. I mean, you know the silly little lefty who's actually pumping gas every now and then. And Jordan Montgomery, a guy who was injured and always had good stuff, very reliable, but was just hurt for a couple of years. They, they got the most starts out of their starting five since the beginning of the year. And the lineups, both heavy hitters. Um, tailored to their ballpark, both have an edge. I think the losing from the past couple years, this is where intangible things, psychological things do play a factor, and I'm always fascinated by them. I remember with the college football national championship, Georgia, losing to Bama all those times. 
psychological hurdle. There's a hurdle that these Mets, that these Yankees, in both of their leagues, they had to clear because they underperformed. They came up short. They made some big moves. Expectations were high, and they just haven't been able to fulfill them. The Mets got a new manager, Buck Showalter, calming voice, established order, knows how to deal with different types of players behind closed doors, motivate them, inspire them, play team baseball. The Yankees, Aaron Boone, he's coaching for his job. Aaron Judge, coaching for a contract extension. Joey Gallo, free agent at the end of the year. Stanton, needs to stay healthy. Severino, needs to get back on track. Even Garrett Cole, after the spider tack, wasn't the same guy. He's got something to prove. It's been fun to watch. I would love a Subway series. I mean, I don't know who wouldn't like that. Obviously, Fox Sports uh, with Joe Davis, the new play-by-play guy for the first time since Joe Buck left. He'll be calling the World Series this fall in 2022. They would love that. Two best teams in baseball, New York Mets, New York Yankees. I credit intangibles, character. They're overcoming the psychological barriers that have been put forth before uh, them because of the other teams. Mets, Yankees, been a blast to watch. I tell you what, I've been watching Paul Goldschmidt for a long time. I remember when he came up in 2011 on those Diamondbacks teams. This guy, he's he's almost going Adrian Beltre. Adrian Beltre is like the anomaly of all 30-year-olds. Typically, unless you use steroids and you're from the mid-2000s, when you get into your mid-30s, you start declining. He got better. Goldschmidt, for the Cardinals, it's looking a lot like that. The past three years in age 32, 33, 34, this guy has only gotten better. Now, notoriously, slow starter. It doesn't always look like that. I think because of those um, you know, kind of uh, uh, swoons in the beginning of April and May since he's been with the Cardinals, Overall, that's kind of shadowed just how great he's been in the second half because obviously the interest in baseball is high at the beginning and then at the end of the seasons. This guy's been a monster, absolute monster. He's tearing up Wrigley Field this weekend. They go for uh, um, their third or no, their fourth victory. This is a five-game set for St. Louis. They go tonight on Sunday Night Baseball. And Paul Goldschmidt begs the question, is this guy a Hall of Famer? Because, you know, it's starting to look like it. He's starting to act like someone that's going to have, you know, 2,600 hits, you know, 500 home runs. I don't think that's going to happen. But overall, you know, if you would have told me 2019 when he came to the Cardinals for his first season that you would have a Hall of Fame player on your hands, I would have been like, ah, I don't think so. But when you add it all up with him, when it's all said and done, I mean, he's at 292 home runs. I think he could get to, you know, he, he won't sniff 500, but he could get to the you know, 450 mark, I think. And then when hits, he's at 1600 right now. I think you could add another thousand in there. Age 34 season right now. He's had an MVP finish with the Cardinals 20th in 2019. MVP finish in, at 15th in 2020. And then sixth last year. Guy's been phenomenal. Cardinals have the best corner infield in baseball. And right now they are rising and trying to catch Milwaukee. Milwaukee, they've been pounding horrible teams. Cardinals have been good against good teams, and I think the schedule is going to start to even out here in June, and we'll see if St. Louis can overtake Milwaukee. So it was shortly after baseball ended the lockout that, or maybe it was during the lockout, I forget at this point, early March, Derek Jeter resigned 
got rid of his stake in the Marlins, and the guy just kind of, you know, went invisible for a little bit. Didn't give any comments other than that statement. But then we got Jeter and the ESPN documentary giving us a little a trailer when it comes out here in July. That's going to be fascinating. And now he's on Twitter. Derek Jeter's kind of getting back into the public eye. And you know what? There, It's going to be interesting watching this, just how much he opens up, because he just never did. Never did as a player. Never did when he was in that transition period between retirement and the Marlins. Hasn't done it since the Marlins. But in that trailer, he talks about how he didn't want to give anything to the media. His job was to uh, keep uh, headlines and narratives out of the public eye. And I know he said if there was phones back in his day, or I think he said social media, whatever it may have been, his career would have lasted three years. So if he opens up in this, it's going to be like just a whole new side to Jeter, just a peek behind the curtain that we don't know. And, you know, nowadays I love when these documentaries, whether it's the last dance, OJ, now Jeter, when they come out in the middle of summer, kind of when we're in that uh, dead period of the four major American sports, you know, it's just money time. And this is going to be a five-part series, which Derek Jeter between his relationships, his championships, uh, you know, the, 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 the walk-off hit in 2014, last game at Yankee Stadium. It could be a magical uh, documentary. It could be up there with The Last Dance and the OJ series. So like most people on Tuesday, I was shocked when I saw that the Angels lost 12 games in a row. And I'm actually recording this here on Wednesday morning. So I'm actually checking see if the Angels won yesterday. It might have been 13 consecutive losses, which obviously you, you got to take a look at if you are the owner, just like the, the state of the franchise. Artie Marino of the Angels, if you lose 12 in a row and then you lose 13 in a row, it looks like. Yeah, loss to the Red Sox. So it's now 13 in a row for the Angels. Before the 13th loss, they fired Joe Madden. Complete overreaction. In my opinion, great manager, been to two World Series. I know he's very, uh, he, he goes about things his way for sure. And he's got a lot of clout because of his success. And maybe he's getting a little too loose with the tinkering of the lineup, just his kind of uh, cutting edge, at least in his eyes, methods when utilizing a bullpen and in particularly with Madden, it's more so the lineup and how he just changes guys around uh, with the position player. So I, I understand the frustration. I understand a 12-game skid. But when Mike Trout is hitting 114, when Thor, when the bullpen is ravaged by injuries, I, I, that that's just that's the owner siding with the general manager and, and philosophically how they want to do things. I, I know the new GM, he's from the new school of thought. I believe he was from Houston, uh, might have been from um, um, from Milwaukee as well with with uh, uh, David Stearns, the general manager there. So I, I understand that the owner maybe is trying to keep up with the times here. But when you side with the general manager and your manager, Joe Madden, has the clubhouse, has the players, and you guys were off to your best start in years just like a week and a half ago, that that's you being knee-jerk right there. 100%. This guy 
gave you credibility the moment he walked in the door. He's a guy that loves the organization. I remember Theo Epstein, it was in 2020, was laughing about how Joe Madden would bring up Anaheim and the Angels every day when he's with the Cubs. And Theo was saying it wasn't him wanting to get back there. It was just him always recalling the great times, the great experiences that he had in Anaheim when he first got his coaching career uh, off liftoff. And so you have a manager that loves the organization and he's willing to go on record with Ken Rosenthal, not even, it had to have been an hour and a half after the firing was announced. Most managers after they're fired, I remember Joe Girardi did an interview like a month and a half later. Some of them do it several months later. They almost never speak publicly except for like a statement just saying thank you and thank you to the fans. It's usually a few words or uh, a few sentences really. But none of them actually speak publicly uh, extensively till months later. Joe Madden spoke an hour and a half after he was fired with Ken Rosenthal and pretty much admitted that, yeah, I was talking a little too much about how the organization should be ran outside of the actual you know, dugout, the 26-man roster. And yeah, I'm kind of sick of these analytics. I'm into them, but they're getting shoved down your throat. He was pretty much telling us what happened, which I thought was pretty cool. The guy has clout. And it's an organization that he likes a lot, loves. And they canned him because of the injured bullpen, because Trout and Shohei are not hitting. Two of the best hitters on the planet. You know they're going to pick it up. Just a knee-jerk reaction from Artie Marino and... I'm still wrapping my head around it. I understand what he was doing. He's siding with the general manager. He feels like he has to do this because this is the way baseball is headed. But common sense says this was the wrong move. So also waking up to the news that the Denver Broncos sell for $4.65 million. It will go to the Walton family, Walmart in the NFL again, Uh, Walton Penner family acquires the team and it just goes to show the power of the NFL. It's, it's comical. The, 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 I, Mark Cuban's a smart guy really is obviously successful. What he does businessman. I, I think maybe he's like most of the really rich guys like Elon Musk and, you know, a little bit of a kook. Um, but obviously he's really successful at what he does, but the whole pigs get slaughtered comment, like, like that's laughable teams like the Raiders are getting checks for 280 or like 300 million. I forget what it is now with the Fox sports, CBS, Amazon, that is cash right into your pocket. Just from television, just from broadcasting the games, you can pay your entire NFL roster with that and then have some left over. Everything else is gravy. So when you look at these stadiums, all of them are up to date and new. I think the Bills, they're they're the most recent one. I I don't even know the oldest stadium now. There's oh, it's Soldier Field. And they are actually moving to Arlington Heights because they've had enough with it. You need to understand that the NFL, you cannot lose money when you own a team. So when you bring in someone that has $4.65 billion that can write the checks, that's good for business. They can bring great players onto the team, and they can also build world-class facilities. That's great for the NFL. They have really kind of hit their ceiling 
from a vertical standpoint. Now they're going laterally. That's why you see all the things with Europe. And when you have someone like a Walton in the NFL, that's great for business. He can write the checks for various things, not just for the roster. Obviously, it's a salary cap league. So, you know, there, there are limits in what you can do. The signing bonuses are, are another thing. But total revenue, that's how everything is dispersed in the NFL. But anything that comes in from the stadium, tickets, whether you're buying a $30 ticket in the nosebleeds or if you're buying a suite in the uh, at Arrowhead Stadium or Soldier Field or Lambeau Field, any of that money spent in the stadium, that is local revenue into the pocket of the NFL owners. So $4.65 billion this guy has. I, again, I don't even know him that well. I just know he's, he's Walmart guy, just like Kronke is after he married into to Ann Walton. This is another great move by the NFL, getting someone with deep pockets, willing to spend, business savvy. Obviously, they're all savvy because the, you know they're they're all very rich. But again, it, it shows that the NFL is on top. It's not going to end anytime soon. It typically always does end. I just don't see it in the future. Maybe in the soonest the NFL is overtaken by another league like UFC or, or video games, even with Gen Z, you know, coming around the corner here. The NFL for the next 10 years is going to be on top. Stupid money in broadcasts, stupid money in the owners, stupid money everywhere. NFL is number one. That is going to do it, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. Please share with your friends, your family, your enemies, everybody. Let them know what we're doing here on the podcast. No, we took a, a, a brief hiatus. Uh, I was sick. Had some bad news coming in personally. But we're back. We're back and we're talking NFL. Soon training camp's going to be around the corner. I know they got a, a, uh, a nice long layoff. I think it's like 40 days in the NFL between the end of OTAs and then training camp. But we got baseball to talk about. There will still be contracts to the NFL. The podcast is going to talk all about it. Let your friends know. Thanks so much. See you next week.